ready? You ready? It's ready, I'm ready as I'm gonna be. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chasing Normal. Uh, my name is Patrick, once again. My name is Ryan. And we have a special guest with us today. Special guest. So please, sir, do you mind introducing yourself? Uh, my name is Kobe Sugihara Bell. Oh. Tell us something about yourself. Uh, well, what, what else would you like I to mean, know, I mean, he Patrick? did follow the instructions. Yeah, 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 I, mean, yeah, I didn't he, give he, any he, more he, further, I mean, further yeah, instructions. I, I like following fault. rules. <laughs> Thank you for answering question number one. Question number two for you is, who is Kobe Sukihara Bell? Well, just like Patrick and Ryan, I graduated from uh, Channel Islands uh, with a degree in psychology. Represent. Representing those dolphins. We've got to stay in these packs, right? <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, I don't think people can see that. People can't see the way. You can't see my king sign right now. He was doing the wave. Just to let everyone know. Yeah, the, the waves for the, that the dolphins ride. He was doing that. Try to make it as intimidating as possible. We got it. We got it, but... Um, so, yeah, um, I graduated from China Islands just like them. Um, I have my MS in clinical psychology applied research. Nice. And, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Patrick. We, uh, I had the pleasure of of meeting Colby uh, moments before this. <laughs> yes, you did. And we were we were talking a little bit of the reason why he got into to clinical research. So, mm-hmm. why don't you share with us why why did you even why did you want to do that? Well, clinical research. Um, I, I guess like you, you you want to be efficient. You want mm-hmm. to to maximize your energy and put it to somewhere that would be a good use. For me, I like always keeping my options open. I never know what I want to do until I do something. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've told Patrick before. Um, I'm always going to try something once, and if I don't know uh, if I like it, well, I'm trying it for the first time, hmm. and that, that's kind of the philosophy I've always kept. So clinical research, um, it's just something I actually stumbled upon. Um, I wanted to do probably like private research with like industrial organizational psychology type yeah. of stuff like that. Mm, yeah. um, but I just stumbled upon clinical research, and now I'm just working closely at a site level, um, trying to. Trying to find the, these cures for all these cases that, that I'm getting. <laughs> That's Finding admirable, all the though, for you to try things out. If it doesn't work, I'm gonna move on to the next. I don't think it's admirable. I think it's experimental. It is experimental, but also fitting it takes a for lot. the field you're in. By the way, because some people like I don't want to say it's not stability, mm-hmm. but some people like staying in one lane. Oh, of course, and they get comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like getting comfortable. If I feel like I am getting comfortable, I always ask myself, like, am I happy? And if I'm happy, then cool, I'm going to stay comfortable. But if, if not, I, I, I like switching things up. I mean, you've seen it. I've lived out over here in Oxnard, Camarillo area. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Hawaii, by the way. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, um, new things. Yeah. I, I currently reside in Rancho Cucamonga, but um, if my job's in Costa Mesa, it's basically an hour away. I'm more than willing to, to commute j- just to find something that, that I like doing and, mm-hmm. I, and I love doing what I'm doing right now. So, yeah, I don't like staying comfortable. <laughs> yeah, 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 I respect that big time because I, I remember reading, uh, it was about a year ago, a statistic that came out, mm-hmm. like over 70% of individuals who, who are working are either, they either don't care about the job mm-hmm. that they're working at or they're indifferent about it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. It's a big number. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. really big number. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I think fear is the big part of that just because mm. you know you don't want to be doing something, but that's the only thing that's paying your bills right now, mm. uh, which is a big comfort. Factor. It is, it is. But yeah. the just that, uh, can I make it in the things that I want to do mm. is, is the big question. And yeah. a lot of people don't like taking that jump. And I, I'd advise everybody 
take that jump. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Mm. And I know uh, for me personally, I've been blessed to, to have the ability to start this podcast with Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. We have the resources and thankfully mm-hmm. we, I have the time. We both have the time. And we could be doing something else to be, that would be taking our energy, but mm. we feel like this is our passion. This oh, is what course. we want to do. So You're trying it out. You see yeah. how it's going to go. And it's good to have that the freedom to do so. Of course. A lot of people don't feel like they have that freedom. Mm-hmm. So it could be difficult for them. Yeah, of course. For one reason or another, financial oh, of situations. Course. But then again, it comes down to, like, if you really want something, you're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, so I'm maintaining those two jobs. I work my internship from 9 to 2.33, maybe. Then I go to my cases for, for the ABA. That's sometimes, hustle. that takes till maybe 7, 7.30. Hmm. If I need extra money, when it's tight sometimes, I have to lift all, all night, whatever. Wow. Go, go back and, and sleep, then do it all again the next day. So it, honestly, just I'm, I'm that kind of person, like, if you're going to make excuses, you really don't want it that much. Hmm. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. That, that's my perspective. Well, I've definitely seen, I mean, you talk about, like, freedom. Yeah. People realizing that we have the freedom to, mm-hmm. to especially here in this country, like we, we definitely have the freedom to oh. pursue the things that we that we want to pursue. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think uh, some of those barriers mm-hmm. are legitimate and physical be, being like, you know, finances, yeah. location, transportation, things like that. Yeah. Those are physical limitations. Of course. Uh, but then there's also those mental limitations yeah. that those, I think yeah. oftentimes are probably guilty of, 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 uh, they're the most prevalent limitation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, if I were to speculate, yeah. totally speculating, but because yeah. um, those can totally render us, you know, useless. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, they can be bigger than the physical ones. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, that was that was quite the beautiful segue right there, Ryan. Because <laughs> that is the topic, <laughs> dude. I was even trying. Oh, oh, natural, just, dude, oh my you're gosh, natural. you know what? You're, you're doing what you're born to do. <laughs> So, <laughs> mental health <laughs> barriers is what we want to, or what we want to talk about next, mental and hopefully Kobe can let's, give his insight as well. Let's get into it. Yeah. So over the years, uh, mental health has been the talks is in the talks mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe ten, fifteen years ago, no one would speak about mental health. Mm-hmm. Now that it's on the talks, in the talks, people are getting seeking help, mm-hmm. and it's awesome, but. There are still some barriers that exist. Some stigmas, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I would, I want to know what you guys think are some of the barriers and what ways can we get over those, break those barriers and overcome those obstacles? You can go first, Ryan. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is your show. Go ahead. Oh, I'll shoot. back you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I know we actually just had a conversation um, right. with... Uh, with with a peer earlier today, talking about some of those those barriers, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the biggest barriers is actually is access. So accessibility, um, yeah. So so do people mm-hmm. have the transportation to get to mm-hmm. um, the professional that they do? They have the funds. Do they have the funds? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do they have the education? Do mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Accessibility. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. No, no, no. <laughs> totally. That's, but that's that's it. You know, and and. Um, the conversation we were having earlier really just kind of affirmed like what we were already like thinking about of like oh okay like realizing that accessibility is is really it's really important mm-hmm. um, for people who are seeking mental health treatment mm-hmm. um, of course or even being aware of 
mental yeah. health treatment. Mm-hmm. What, what, are you, you know, what are your well, thoughts? No, no, yeah, accessibility would, would probably be the main point for me. Like um, maybe you're living in an impoverished neighborhood or something. You don't have mm-hmm. internet or something. You can't look something mm-hmm. up or maybe your insurance doesn't cover um, therapy costs or mm-hmm. some, yeah. some, something of that sort. But right, it, your co-pays yeah. are pretty high. So oh, it's of course. like then it yeah. racks up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does all come, boil down to accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the government should take a more active role in... Um, putting out messages about mental health alerts, uh-huh. maybe blasting them more, um, rather than opposed to these these just TV commercials out that that just m- want us to stimulate their economy by spending more money. Just all this superficial stuff mm-hmm. that in turn aids to the problems and everything. Mm. So, I mean, I think it comes down to accessibility and, and how government can help us. Because right now government is a big player for everybody. Yeah, Everyone's affected by government. One way or the other, um, and if they want to get on board with mental health, and if they're ser- serious about it, then they're gonna have to get their butt in gear and do something about it. Because because yeah. they they can reach millions of people. They they literally can reach us on our cell phones mm-hmm. if they wanted to this second right now. They can turn it off. They can say, "Hey, stop your podcast. Come help us with this or, or whatever." Mm. They 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 have that power too. So if they, if they can. Send a, a nuke or whatever across the world in two seconds. They <laughs> they, they, they can do um, something in their yeah. own backyard. And, and so, yeah, even just building off of that thought, like um, so. Okay, practically, what does that look like? The government I- intervening in a way um, that that actually acknowledges and addresses the issue of mental health. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, think about it in the work realm. Okay, we get sick time, mm-hmm. we get vacation yeah. time, mm-hmm. um, but. Is is there any kind of legislation out there that provides people the opportunity to take care of their mental health? I know that there's there's one. Um, I think it's like FMLA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and do people know about that? I was talking to um, a good friend of mine. Uh, she's a psychologist, mm-hmm. and she had shared that with me. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm I didn't know, know that, that right existed. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about accessibility. Mm-hmm. But, you know just information being available to people. Yeah. Because if people don't know it exists, it might as well not exist. Yeah, because yeah. it basically doesn't for them. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I'm, I'm just learning about that now. What, what was it called? I think, I think I could be wrong. It's, it's FMLA. I'm I don't coding. know. Yeah, I'm fe- coding. Federal uh, Medical Leave Act. Yeah. Leave, okay. So, so there's actually a law where FMLA. you can't be penalized if you want to take some time off for, your for, mental, health? for mental health issues, for I, seeking treatment. Okay. They, they have... I think it's and it's specific to uh, I think it's the time that you're in treatment. So, like for instance, if I was to say, "Hey, I want to use some FMLA time Mm -hmm. for you know the whole day," I'm I'm gonna dedicate this day, this Thursday, this Friday, whatever it is. Um, I don't know the limitations to that. Yeah, we definitely have to do more research. But just that alone, like knowing that how do we? Yeah, yeah. how. the government can play their role in, in pushing. Yeah. Well, 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 I just looked it up right now. It, it was, um, I guess, signed in 1993. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. That's over yeah. a decade. Yeah. That's, that's 15 years, basically, mm-hmm. right now. Um, my, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't know about it until this year as well. Yeah. That there is an act in place where it, you get covered in, in, in that sense while you're seeking help, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. But like you said, how many people know that it's there for them to util- mm-hmm. utilize? Right. Um, so, so just a couple of things it says. These include like pregnancy, adoption, foster care placement of child, personal or family illness, 
family military leave, um, just amongst some of the reasons FMLA could be enacted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm learning about it j- j- just right now when you first said it. It's shocking. Like this, if, it, if this was over 15 years ago, and I bet like 1% of the population in the U.S. doesn't know about it. I guarantee. I, I'm going to go even higher. At least 90%. Yeah. yeah. 90% doesn't know about this. Um, the government, they're, they're not doing their job, which is basically to help us live a better life. Hmm. Well, even the, the subject or the matters that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. like the, the, what was it, foster? Um, pregnancy, oh, pregnancy, adoption, foster care. Those aren't necessarily mental health issues, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it can become stressful when you're working and you have to deal with that oh, of course, at the same at least time. To them. Oh, so even course. though it's not necessarily catered to a, like seeking mental health or seeking mm-hmm. help for a mental illness, it is there so that people have this ease of mind and it doesn't necessarily create, create more stress it, it when you have to balance things. Balance yeah, and yeah, yeah. juggle these two different mm-hmm. things. Of course. Yeah. And people know it's there. I mean, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I do. I do wonder if there's been any amendments to that legislation too, because, like, well, like you said, I mean, it's it, it was a long time ago when it was 1993. Yeah, crazy. yeah. So, I mean, how was that ad- adapted to some of the new, mm. uh, uh, maybe new issues that that people are are dealing with? I mean, now we're looking at uh, more families. Um, you know, divorce is continually increasing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing division within families continually increasing. So, uh, how how does this legislation address or allow time for people to um, really to use it so that they can potentially mm-hmm. uh, better the relationships in their family, mm-hmm. which is kind of a domino effect oh, yeah. in their life? Um, let's see. Any major amendments? I'm pulling all this from Wikipedia, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know how true this is. I mean, I'm just learning yeah. about it. Yeah. I haven't done my research. I'm sorry, listeners. No. Um, let's see. There's only one major amendment, and it says it's uh, the No Child Left Behind Act. Um, let's see. I wish I learned about this sooner, and I would be more prepared. We we all are learning <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only amendment that that says mm. so. The No No Child Left Behind. So we can see, though, even in this moment, that like just knowledge, how important knowledge mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. and disseminating information so that like so people can become aware. And you had mentioned it earlier of like uh, the government's role. We need to uh, even just speak up locally, state, federal yeah. level, speaking up on ways where we can better disseminate information mm-hmm. that um, is currently already. Uh, supporting mental mental health, yeah. right? And that's just one example. Oh, yeah. But what are what are some other? I know we talked about accessibility as being like the main mm-hmm. obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I think we just kind of we mentioned stigma earlier. Yeah. Um, what? Because we're we're guys here, right? So we can't speak for women, mm-hmm. but we can speak for us. You know, mid late twenties, thirties, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for men, mm-hmm. do you do you see any kind of like social or social? What am I getting at? Are there any social expectations that actually might get in the way or present an obstacle for men like us mm-hmm. to receive mental health? Um, Go ahead, Kobe. Um, I would say so. It just it depends on the culture, 
really. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think we're privileged enough to live in the U.S. and I, I see it as a melting pot of just cultures just mm-hmm. coming. You can come from Nigeria, you can from, come from India, you can come from yeah. uh, Mexico, wherever you come from. It just, and I think it just boils down to your culture. Um, I've seen um, hardcore um, traditional Mex- Mexican families where the, the man is the machismo. He has to, mm-hmm. he can't show any mm-hmm. weakness or um, everything goes through him and all this type of stuff. I've seen um, Asian families, um, Japanese, who so, sometimes they'll, they'll balance priorities out or mm-hmm. um, decision making. So I, I think that that just comes down to the cultural aspects. I mean, w- what your family's used to, what, what you want out of your own family when you do have your own family. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's my take. What about you, Patrick? That, those are good points. Like, there is a cultural Impact. aspect, especially, not especially, but in particularly we see with men. Mm-hmm. We are raised, we are brought to be strong, mm-hmm. um, strong-willed, yeah. show no sign of emotion slash weakness. Yeah, don't cry in front of nobody. Don't cry, mm-hmm. that's, that is mm-hmm. a vulnerability mm-hmm. that they're going to use that against you Yeah, mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Um in general, I sometimes I think fe- people have a fear of being judged. But oh, of course, ma- male and female. Yeah, there is this this aspect where being vulnerable allows others to, in a sense, we let people in, mm-hmm. and it's it's is when that happens that people get hurt the most. Oh, of course, because you're trusting somebody, right? But and that's what it hurts also, the most. Mm-hmm. Also, some of the most beautiful things happen in that moment yeah. too. That's where it's like it could be the most costly right. or the most rewarding. Yeah, high right? risk, high reward. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I know Brene Brown. She talks mm-hmm. a lot about vulnerability, um, and that's something uh, that that actually really struck me. Because for me as a person, like. Mm-hmm. I don't like being vulnerable, mm-hmm. no, that's <laughs> but the truth. when but when I am vulnerable, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah of course. And uh, part of me feels like okay, maybe that might be a personality trait. Mm-hmm. That's an individual, Ryan you know, specific. To me. Ryan yeah. specific. But at the same time, you know, I have, I have four brothers. Mm-hmm. I grew up playing football. Right. There's a certain culture that I grew up mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, that might have affected my perception of vulnerability. And like you mm-hmm. had mentioned, like, it could be a negative view. Yeah. You yeah. know? And all it takes is one oh, yeah. experience for mm-hmm. it to be... Traumatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. traumatic. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's another word that I think, uh, you know, trauma. I think mm-hmm. we're learning more and more, like, what is, what is trauma? Mm-hmm. And we're starting to identify, like, oh, okay, wow, like... This particular event that I that I viewed as really unpleasant, mm-hmm. and it had you know some residual adverse effects throughout the years. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's trauma. Oh, that's traumatic. <laughs> that's, oh. oh, okay. Oh, the thing I can't let go from five years oh, ago. Right. That's traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think traumatic is a good word uh, to use, I, especially when we deal with mental health. Yeah. Um, you hear about it all the time if you're taking one-on-one psych classes. Mm. You go through it personally throughout your whole life. Mm-hmm. I think it's just labeling it and just coming to terms with saying, okay, yeah, I've been through that traumatic thing. Hmm. And it's and it's hard for guys to, at least for myself, to mm-hmm. like say, oh man, I went through something like traumatic, because like for something traumatic to happen to you, that means it had to have broken through some sort of some barrier, emotional wall. threshold. Yeah. That you, mm-hmm. And so to admit that would be like, oh man, like, like I'm not a man or oh, something shit. like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. To kind of like take away from our manness or manliness or mm. the the social norm of of manliness is to be the 
protector of the household to to be the breadwinner the breadwinner mm. and <clears throat> to be the the stable financial the, stable you got to bring in this money mm-hmm. the decision maker yeah uh, decision the maker. last the last, level headed yeah. and these are just yeah. like norms that are already in place this is not right when we come out ideal for yeah, us of course hmm. i mean i think it goes back to to how, how you brought up um going back to your your past Ryan, you you said you you Grew up with four brothers. Did you have any sisters or anything, or was it just all boys? Mm-hmm. All boys. Well, only female in my family was my was mom. mom. Yeah. Dang. So that, that's the opposite of me. I, I had no siblings, but um, I grew up just around my mom and my grandma and all the aunties and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for me just because there were no men. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom divorced young, so I, I never had that father figure or a stable father figure, mm-hmm. um, if that. So I guess the social norms for me, they were kind of. Um, they were split down the middle. Like my mom tried her best. Uh, this is what men are supposed to be, I think. Mm. But mm. this is how you should also treat and respect women, all this type of stuff. So I think social norms also comes down to just an individual perspective or individual mindset. Like, yeah. Um, however you viewed it. Because um, for for me, I don't really abide by social norms. I think it's just another construct that people have. Yeah. That they're that's Absolutely. already in place that they feel like they have to to follow. And that was part. That's part of a, another happiness thing that that mm-hmm. I had to ask myself back in high school. Mm-hmm. I went to San Marino High School, and throughout the time there, I I, I never really liked it, just because um, the population there it was basically half white, half Asians, mm-hmm. and the only Mexican at the school was basically made up between me and my other good friend. Um, I was half, and he's half, obviously. So we, we make up that one yeah. mm-hmm. Mexican population of it. And it was just, it, it was weird. But the social norms of everything, it was so different just because it was two cultures, white and Asian, coming together. And mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, what's going on. With, like, mm-hmm. I, and I think high school plays a big, big part in finding out who you are. Yeah, and, totally. And your yeah. values and everything. So, I mean, it, it's perspective. Yeah. Aside from the the difference that you saw between the white and the Asian mm-hmm. cultures, being that you were raised by females, did you notice any difference with like you and other people mm. who had like that father figure in their lives? Um, I don't think I noticed it um, like to that extent or mm. to like that detail because I'm gonna I'll go back to accessibility right now. Um, mm. they, San Marino is very very uh, fortunate to be a wealthy community, mm. so. Um, my high school uh, experience is probably different from you, right. probably different from you. Um, but if I'm comparing my life to both of theirs, oh yeah, there's major differences. I grew up in poverty, try, trying to just struggle for the next meal. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where it was going to come. These guys, they, they wiped their butts with $100 bills. Mm-hmm. So that, that was basically, to, to give you perspective, basically homecoming was in one of my friend's backyard. <laughs> it had to be a pretty big backyard <laughs> or a really small school. <laughs> I don't. I mean, both. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it was I, I completely different. Though. It was yeah. completely yeah. different for me. But yeah, I mean, um, everything that I guess I went through with high school, I was um, there. There's just too many things to compare, honestly. Because yeah. hmm. I, I found my group of friends and I stick with them just, just because we either vibe off of basketball or they've gone through hard times uh, financially. Hmm. So I think j- just on that stability, I couldn't. Um, fight with anyone else or compare anything else to just because we were on different wavelengths yeah. the whole, whole time. What about you, you guys? High school? Was... Um, Go ahead, Ryan. For me, all right. Um, I was at Oaks Christian mm-hmm. in Westlake. Okay. Talk about affluence. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so 
that's where I went to high school. Very much a highly privileged privileged school mm-hmm. uh, demographic. Um, I was different because it was a primarily Caucasian uh, school. Mm-hmm. For me, I am uh, what is it seventy thirty African American to Caucasian. Yes. I I got some some white in me and and some chocolate love in me. As chocolate. Well. Um, not that white people can't be love either. But everyone can be loved. Everybody, everybody. But but I had that mix, right? But um, so my experience uh, in high school definitely, man. Like you said, yeah. There's a lot to it. I feel like we could we could dedicate can, another thirty. Dedicate like thirty uh, episodes to, yeah. to just high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Definitely. But but my family, where I came from, mm-hmm. you know, my dad's electronic engineer. He's you know he's he's made good money. Mm-hmm. I would also say that he's maintained kind of a what I would call kind of a poor man's mentality, mm-hmm. which is that uh, it doesn't really matter how much money he yeah. has, uh-huh. it's always going to kind of vanish. Yeah, of course. Um, and so even though it actually took me getting to college to realize like, oh, wait a minute, yeah. we, we had money going up? <laughs> Man, I thought we were always seconds away from being evicted. <laughs> What the hell? Like, Why did you tell me, Dad? Come uh, on. Come on. I'm struggling. You didn't give me that present for Christmas? Right. Seriously, I just wanted some socks, man. You <laughs> can give me some socks. You work for it, son. You work for it. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, so so anyways, where I came from, not only my, my ethnic background, but mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, my, my economic and social background was mm-hmm. far different from from those that I was surrounded yeah, by yeah. totally so and you mentioned earlier about like connecting with people like uh, for me mm-hmm. even though I I was I played football I was you know starter all this mm-hmm. stuff you know affiliated with the jocks I actually was not um I I, I didn't really connect with, with that yeah. particular just like on a friend group. level yeah, yeah not yeah not really so mm-hmm. so my people were more like okay the guys who were into like some punk rock you know Ooh. who were who were you know who who wanted to talk mm-hmm. that with life substance. was of yeah, yeah talk about the crap that you know that they're going through in life mm-hmm. but the issue was that you know everybody Covers when you got hundreds of dollars right. you know Hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got hundreds of dollars. I got one hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, so it's just easier to hide up, uh, hide behind your the material. Yeah, yeah, of course. The material. Patty, patty cakes. <laughs> My personal experience. I was fortunate enough uh, growing up to not really see any struggles financially. At least that's what I, I saw through my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what happened behind closed doors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my parents always they never made me feel made me feel like we didn't have any money. Yeah. At any point. Uh, my dad was in the military, army mm-hmm. for twenty years. So we were moving every every two or three years we move to another yeah. a base. Bong, bong, bong. Yeah. Bounce. So my high school experience, I went freshman year in, at a high school in Tennessee, mm-hmm. which was I don't know it's the statistic exactly, but it's I want to say half white, half black, and like five Asians and Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little diversity in yeah. there. Yeah, Sprinkle yeah, yeah. them in. <laughs> Just a little. Oof. <laughs> diversity bait right here. Right. <laughs> and the culture there, from what I was accustomed to, mm-hmm. was baggy jeans, mm. double uh, XL. Okay, everything big. Clothes. Mm. I still have, like, Stop. if I were to have one of the shirts that I had back then, mm. it would still be too big for me to wear right now. <laughs> 
that was that was the like thing. two yeah. sizes. Yeah, and you graduated a long time ago, <laughs> right? And I had these. I would wear my basketball shorts under my baggy jeans, of course, so I can sag as much as I want to without yeah. saying, "Hey, your underwear." So no, yeah. I got basketball Look, shorts. Yeah, my shorts. I did that shorts too. under my shorts. So right, so, sophomore year, moving to California. Where no baggage? Where's the baggage? Yeah, yeah. Where's where the extra large <laughs> different culture? Coming yeah, through, yeah. It's different culture. Different style. Little yeah. little tighter jeans. Oh, uh, yeah. Polos, button ups. Are oh, we preppy now? Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get to assimilate myself. Yeah. yeah, I got a couple polos. You know, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but I still wore the baggage jeans, the basketball shorts. I always got to be ready to play oh, basketball. Of course, yep. stay ready. Mm-hmm. And let's game right now. Let's go. Yeah, easy. And then more park coming to more park. It is. A handful of well, there's there are more Asians, but there are a handful of of African American people, mm-hmm. majority white. Okay. So I mean, I would wear my I would wear my jersey backwards because that was a thing to do in Tennessee. <laughs> when I came here, I wore my jersey backwards, and they're like, "Hey, do you know your jersey's on backwards?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's a style." It's like you, just, you look weird. You look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right? You should you should just stop. Just yeah. Just take just, it off. Just take it off. <laughs> Go to the bathroom, take it off. <laughs> but that was... Uh, well, I mean, how, how did that affect you? Mentally, I don't know if it affected me in that way, but mm-hmm. it ju- it was just eye-opening to see that cultural difference. Yeah, from state to state. From state yeah. to state, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh, of course. I mean, like, I remember I grew up in Hawaii. Um, I bounced back and forth um, over the course of, like, middle school to uh, pre-high school, 8th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. Um, and one thing in Hawaii, you can go to school wearing slippers, sodies. Mm. Um, you can go to school without wearing slippers, sodies, so you can go barefoot. Mm. First day of fifth mm. grade that I came back over here, what did I do? I go to school barefoot. <laughs> I'm like, yo, nice. mom, I'm so ready for school. Let, let, let's get <laughs> yeah. it. Let's go. Mm. I'm ready. Let, let's tackle fifth grade. And then I get to school and they're like, dude, where are your shoes? I'm like... <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, I'm like, why are you all wearing shoes? <laughs> Come on, man. They're like, oh, we don't live next to a beach. I'm like, oh, well, I used to. So, I mean, right, right, right. that's where I'm coming from. And yeah. uh, that was kind of like my, my first um, culture shock, I guess. Yeah. Um, that was, because it, it was weird. Like, you just, like, in Hawaii, you, you, you're literally across the street from a beach. Mm-hmm. After school, mm-hmm. that bell rings, you take your slippers off, whatever, you go run and jump in the ocean. You're, you're, mm. you're, you're chilling. Sounds amazing. It, it, it does. It's fun. And I mean... The yeah, it was it was a big culture shock to me. Didn't didn't wasn't traumatic or anything. It was just it's like you guys are weird for wearing shoes to school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I would throw them if I was wearing shoes or something. It was weird. And that's the thing. It's not. It's I feel like it's human nature to see something different. Oh, of course. And feel off about it. Like mm-hmm. people think you're weird for not wearing shoes, mm-hmm. and that's the automatic response that we have. Oh, something's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. You know, not that. Oh, maybe. He's coming from a school. Yeah, that not didn't to be considerate at first. That's not because we like our mind takes shortcuts. Our snap judgments. Yeah. So, initial thought: Oh, something's something's off about him. Yeah, it's out of the right. ordinary. Hmm. Pinpoint of that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I agree with that too. Even at a young age, as as like middle school or high or elementary school. Yeah. We as kids notice these differences, and we tend to gravitate towards the comfortable mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, I isolate those like, who are different from us. Yo, I remember something from elementary. Uh, I was probably in third grade, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. third grade. Um, I had this this guy come up to me, classmate, 
and he just starts rubbing my hair. And I was like, why are you like rubbing a balloon my hair? Or yeah, <laughs> like just like like I'm like I'm a genie or something. I don't know. Like um and he just he's like, Man, your hair's so fuzzy. It's so curly, uh, so fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And then day after day he mm -hmm. he would just hey your hair's and it would make a point to to say it every day that I actually came home one day and I was mm -hmm. just like, Mom, why am I different from from everybody? All the all the people I go to school uh -huh. with. Yeah. Now, I told you I have four brothers. Mm -hmm. Uh we probably <laughs> make up no joke, probably like fifty percent of the black population <laughs> in C V. Um and at our school at the time, mm -hmm. my brothers and I we were uh, I was one of six mm -hmm. in uh, African Americans at that school, mm -hmm. and like I said, I have four brothers. Yeah. So, so like, majority is in your family. Yeah, exactly. It's right? all in the family. And so that difference, though, like you, you had just mentioned, mm -hmm. like uh, even at a young age, we identified differences. And yeah. so, you know, this particular person was identifying that I was, I was different, different. right? Yeah. And then it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to try to try to actually connect. I mean, this isn't a, it's a puzzle. Okay, it's a puzzle. Go ahead, go I'm going ahead. for it. So I know we we talked about obstacles before, um, or we we talked about um, some of the things that get in the way of, of people receiving treatment. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, hearing everything that we're talking about, um, where we're coming from, you know, uh, Filipino, Hispanic. Uh, African American, right, and, and the different places that we've resided in, the diverse culture groups that we've been a part of is is such a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, when we're not when when we're not aware of what is normal, then it can make us feel ostracized. It can make yeah. us feel like there's this internal sense of dissonance because mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not with the majority, mm -hmm. and so. In an effort uh, of our podcast, yeah. is to redefine normality, right? Yeah. So, what if we understood normality to be not that we're all the same, but normal to be different? Exactly. Yeah. So, we were to understand it. if we were actually to feel like, oh, okay, wait, no, different is normal. Mm -hmm. Different okay. is different. okay. Right. Yeah. So then we walk into a place, you know, we don't got, you know, our <laughs> sandals on. Be like, oh, nice, Hell nice. yeah, <laughs> like, all right, man, you're different. You know, our insurance policy won't allow you to come here without your sandals, but <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I you know? Sometimes. That's, a, not, hang out. that's a good way to look at it, too. Do we just become different? <laughs> <laughs> Velociraptor. <laughs> yes. um, well, no, piggybacking off of that, I think, to take it a step further, in my eyes, like, why does there have to be a normal, like a, mm -hmm. a, a construct of normal or an idea of normal? Like, um, I guess normal is whatever we make of it in perspective-wise yeah. mm -hmm. in our thinking process, but um, why do we always have to apply our normal to everyone else? Mm -hmm. So, um, if you see something as normal, yeah, um, it might come off as bossy, but keep it to yourself as normal. Like, don't apply it to other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, we've grew up, grew up in different backgrounds, so I can't say, "Hey, you, you're not wearing slippers. You, you, you didn't grow up where I grew up. You're, you're, you're different." Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. "You, you're, you're not like me. You don't. Your, your hair's not like mine. Mm -hmm. So you're, 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 you're bad. You're different. Whatever." Mm -hmm. So I think for me, normal is always just a mindset. Like, if you have your own guidelines and, and your morals and set in place and set in stone, keep them for yourself. And you, you can try and help others, but, but don't force them on anyone else. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. I think by nature, we as humans are designed in a way to compare because we oh, only yeah. have our own experiences. Oh, yeah. And we see someone else, X amount of money, mm-hmm. a car, X amount of cars, we compare. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, what is, what do what is this person doing have? that yeah. I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. Like, that's true. I think I, that's, that's a kind of life that I would like to have. Like some people would say, mm-hmm. like, oh, this person has financial stability. This person has a good job. What did you do? So I, maybe I can get there. This is where like that comparison of normality comes into, comes play. into play. And that's where the dissonance happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you did that? I don't, I don't feel like I can do that or that, that's not my, my lane. Mm-hmm. Or, or you said you worked really hard for what you got and yeah. I've been working really hard and, and I still and don't, I don't right, have right, 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 right. Okay. You know, like, I believe it is normal is a construct, mm-hmm. but agreeing with Ryan that we can accept that being different mm-hmm. is normal. Oh, of course, I accept yeah. that too. Unfortunately, yeah. I think we, like how, we how would we go about teaching others is it just through their experiences and us sharing our perspectives? Well, I, I think that's a stepping stone. That's a, yeah. that's a starting point. And I guess it all goes back to knowledge or information, like just mm-hmm. having it accessible. I mean, if, if we just talk about our experiences, we're showing them how you yourself or an individual can deal with certain, certain um, events or situations, then, then maybe they can um, identify the situations when they're in it and say, okay, this is happening, maybe... Um, if I deal with it this way, I'll deal with it this way. If I deal with it another way, I'll deal with it however you can cope with it. I mean, there's no, I feel like there's no right or wrong answer to mm-hmm. this. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just um, what what works for you. Mm. Very. Sim- I'm, I'm a very simple-minded too. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm with you in that regard. But I'm I mean, with it. Yeah, I mean, if you over, try and oversimplify happiness, you're, you're never going to find it. Mm. Mm. It's like that butterfly, you, you keep chasing it, it's not going to land on you. You ignore it, then it's going to land on you. Mm. Just ignore, ignore normal, everyone. It doesn't <laughs> <Ignore> exist. <laughs> We're just chasing. We're going to change the podcast to chasing. Chase. And that's, <laughs> Keep chasing. Uh, we're going to work really hard to take normal out of the dictionary, out of the English yeah, Out of the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it's just a perception that we have is, is mm-hmm. engraved in our minds mm-hmm. when we need to change that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's my, my take on it. I think that is a perfect place to end. If you uh, listeners out there have any questions, comments, or concerns, we can be reached at chasingnormal.org at gmail.com. Also, if you want to give Kobe a shout out, much love to him for uh, coming and doing this talk with us. So, uh, yeah, show mm. him some support. And You don't have to. You should. Yeah. You, should. <laughs> you, should. Uh, you definitely have to. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in again for another episode of uh, Chasing Normal. Yes. I'm Ryan. I'm Patrick. And I'm Kobe. <laughs> we'll be back next time. <laughs> <laughs>